Listener Production. Whether you drink soy milk, oat milk, almond milk, rice milk or chalky milk, we've got a seat at the table for you. It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Oh, cyclists are mad on the streets of Sydney, Alex Dyson, because the police are cracking down on bike riders riding on the footpath. Really? Well, that's good. Get them back on the left lane where they can be run over by buses in Sydney. That's where we want them. That's where they deserve to be. The amount of times I was riding on the streets of Sydney just with this big bus behind me, I'm like, oh, my God. Pedal faster, Dyson. Well, that's that's the argument. I mean, people say, especially in the city, if you look at George Street, which has been uh, turned into a, a tram lane, mm-hmm. and they're like, well, while you were doing this, couldn't you have made a proper bike lane, like a really obvious bike path? Also, you're allowed to ride on the footpath if you're under 16, and and actually you're allowed to ride on the footpath if you're delivering food, which, if you want my personal opinion, I have almost been mowed down more than a few times. Well, those electronic bikes, they do pop up onto a curb very regularly. They'll absolutely, you just suddenly, you take one step to your right and bloody whom, just screaming past you, so... Look, it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B about which uh, which side I stand on, mm-hmm. as long as I'm not getting hit. That's the main thing. Exactly. you got to wear some pads in case you get hit with a pad, <laughs> pad tie, on the <laughs> way through. Uh, look, big Friday show for you today. Thank you so much for joining us. We've got this guy coming on. Been incredible to watch Illy's career go from strength to strength to strength to strength to strength and now possibly to strength. Uh, six albums under the belt and will he be releasing a seventh soon? Who knows? But we do know that we'll be chatting to him about his latest song. It is called Like You and it is out now. And uh, look, we like you. Thank you very much for joining us. Let's jump into some all day breakfast. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Did you have a dream of being an astronaut, Matt? Nah, stuntman. I remember <laughs> I wrote a poem about it in year two. It's published, actually. Really? Where'd it where'd get published? Uh, in the Einside Primary School Year Two Poems book. <laughs> very, very nice. I, I know it very well. What, was it, what did it say? Uh, oh, I just wish I was a stuntman flying over barbed wire, th- you know, jumping mm. downstairs, et cetera, et cetera. There's a few things rhyme with stunts, and um, one of them I wouldn't want my <laughs> primary school kids <laughs> writing in a poem. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, um, this is Matt and Alex taking a punt on your <laughs> <laughs> afternoon, morning, wherever you're listening to this. Um, uh, and look, I, I bring it up. I, I remember going for a jog one day thinking, because you know what people say, you can do anything if you set yeah. your mind to it. You can't. Try to think, because I thought, I think going to space would be cool. Um, and so I was thinking, if I wanted to, like if I truly would devote myself, how would I become an astronaut? Like, what would I have to do? Yeah. Probably have to go do a degree. Um, I think you'd have to do some sort of physics and chemistry degree, yeah, right? You biomechanics, engineering. Be a fighter pilot. Go from there, and then start piloting these things. You know, you'd also probably have to be like, wouldn't you have to be a mechanic of some sort, or do they have one on there? Like, what if something goes wrong? Don't you have to know how to fix it? Yeah, it is. When the when they do it, you can see that you can see the space tow truck truck sort of pull up, and um, a guy in overalls just comes out oh. and hooks it up to the front. Just- over quotes. <laughs> exactly right. Because, yeah, I, I thought it'd be really awesome to maybe give, you know, give it a go in a, in a dream world. But something recently, someone who did go to space 
found that it wasn't as awesome as he was hoping. In fact, it was made him feel really bad. Oh. Did you see William Shatner? You know, famous Captain Kirk from Star Trek. He was one a person chosen to go on Jeff Bezos's rocket to go into space. Oh. It's like, it's amazing. I mean, this is someone who's pretended for so long. Yeah. That he is an astronaut. And now what happened? Well, he went up there in this rocket and he came down and he, I think he, his experience was a lot different to the one he was thinking so much so he released a statement and I thought it was really interesting. So I thought I'd read it to you right now. <clears throat> this is what he says. I had thought that going into space would be the ultimate catharsis of that connection I'd been looking for between all living things. That being up there would be the next beautiful step to understanding the harmony of the universe. Wow. In the film Contact, when Jodie Foster's character goes to space and looks out of the heavens, she lets out an astonished whisper. They should have sent a poet. Should have sent Pat O'Kine <laughs> from primary school. <laughs> um, but I had a different experience because I discovered that the beauty isn't out there. It's down here with all of us. Leaving that behind made my connection to our tiny planet even more profound. It was amongst the strongest feelings of grief I have ever encountered. The contrast between the vicious coldness of space and the warm nurturing of Earth below filled me with an overwhelming sadness. Every day we are confronted with the knowledge of further destruction of Earth at our hands, the extinction of animal species, of flora and fauna, things that took five billion years to evolve, and suddenly we will never see them again because of the interference of mankind. It filled me with dread. My trip to space was supposed to be a celebration. Instead, it felt like a funeral. All right, Captain Killjoy. <laughs> Gee, That's what a great profound, don't you what think? a great what a great person to go to space with. Imagine that. <laughs> You're up there just marveling at the massiveness of the universe, what? and old mate's penning some bloody. You can you can barely the pen doesn't work because of all the tears just dropping onto the page of his notebook. Look, I don't think you can equate that to the person you take camping and moans that the air mattress is deflating. I think that's a really interesting observation. Shatner's of the way- up there going, where is everyone? Where's the party? This sucks. I'm bored. I think I think that's pretty pretty incredible. The, the turnaround that of, of you know expectation versus reality because yeah, it sort of really rings true. The, the what we're doing down here compared to the coldness, like and you know we want to go and colonize Mars or something. It's like oh let's get our house in order before we before we order some more another meal. Nah, I don't know. I mean sometimes you see those uh, stories on a current affair where the tenants just punch a hole in the wall and leave trash in it and then, like move out. <laughs> yeah, we Mate. don't want to be that. We don't want to be a dodgy tenant on a current affair. Well, I don't know. Maybe there's bigger and better homes. You know, there might be there might be a sweet terrace house out there, a real good, you know, house of the pool somewhere. I mean, what's to say we're living on the best planet anyway? So you're saying that we should just <laughs> trash this place because we're just renting it anyway? Exactly. Be done with it, mate. But we're renting it off our kids. Yeah, well, they'll find somewhere better. I mean, it's time they moved out and stopped mooching <laughs> off us, to be honest. I mean, the least they could do is pay some rent. Instead, they're not doing anything. Just wanting to go to school and eat all our food. Tell them to find a new place or get them to pay board. Well, I found it very interesting from William, <laughs> having gone up there and thought about space. It'd be super cool. All right. So um, anyway, there's a little, a little thought-provoking thing for you, whether it's the beauty and majesty and coldness, surprising coldness of the universe or... 
if it reminds you just of <laughs> Tracy Grimshaw's. Or just to move out, turn the taps on and move out. <laughs> <laughs> this is all day breakfast. Well, it's always a good day when there's new music from Illy. Uh, he's been doing it for many years and he's back with a new song called Like You. My hands immediately already up in the air um, for this new one. Uh, he's an excellent dude. G'day, Illy Al. Hey, brother. How you doing? I can see your hands. They were not up. <laughs> They're a shoulder height at best. It's the perfect bounce, like crowd bounce kind of song. Do you, you reckon you'll, when you're up on stage performing this one live, you'll get the uh, get the hands in the air? Yeah, I think so, man. Why not? Why not? <laughs> what tricks do you do? Do you have the get your phone light out? Do you have the um, side to side? Oh, mate, all the classics. The phones up, the hands in the air, the sides to sides, the crouch down to the jump on the drop. We got to do it all, bro. Man, we I mean, pack that's it all into the one show. <laughs> it's creating an atmosphere at the, the live shows. I mean, that's what that's what you're kind of known for. I mean, I loved watching you live over the last couple of years. The, the only uh, thing I'm disappointed in is missing out on the Queenstown show that you did a couple of weeks back, Gilly. Uh Someone whispered something yeah. into your ear when you were on stage. What was that? Yeah, that was, um, they told me that my fly was wide open, um, which isn't one of the tricks that we normally do, but <laughs> Queenstown got a special one-off. So good to hear this new music. Uh, as a songwriter and uh, melody writer, you're always great putting these things together, and you've had some awesome help as well. Our boys from Peking Duck were involved in this one, Styles Fuego a little bit as well, Johnny Took, who's been really dabbling in sort of electronic writing as well recently, whether it's you or or um, what so not and those kind of things, but also a name that stuck out to me, Black Summer. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about Black Summer? Because I think it's the Black Summer I'm thinking of. Yeah, it is. So Black Summer won, I think he won Triple J Unearthed High or whatever um, a few years back. And it, it kind of came about in a roundabout way. So I recorded the vocals with this dude called Tech, who's actually from Frankston, where I'm from, but has relocated with his family to LA for the last nearly 10 years, I think. And he, he does vocals for like Justin Bieber, for a bunch of like really big American artists. That'd be a pretty easy transition, wouldn't it? Frank's into LA. <laughs> <laughs> I had like a, through, through mutual friends and in, so I went over and recorded with him and he works with um, Black Summer. I think, I'm not sure if he, Black Summer is signed to his label or there's a working relationship there. And um, and he was like, look, I've, been, I've shown um, Black Summer the, the track and he's just done some like little you know some production uh, touches to it and everything that he said uh through was great so i was like hey, we can keep this on for sure i remember seeing I mean, the video of um black summer he was 11 years old and producing exactly. his own own tunes so yeah. it's awesome and you can only get better and better as you keep making it so it's good to see that the the passion's still there and he's still bringing out the hot fire for sure bro for sure what what was illy doing at age 11 you know black summer incredible young producer prodigy <laughs> What was Illy doing at age 11? I was, I just started my rap career. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what was the first song and what was it about? Do you remember? Oh, man. I mean, you can't rap about, you have no ex life experience at that point, really. So it was just like, 
emulate. Like I was listening to gangster rap and I'm just thankful that social media didn't exist then uh, to be able to document it. Because <laughs> Alex was talking recently about a poem that he wrote to a girl that he uh, liked. And I mean, here we go. And, and I mean, we're, when we're looking at the brand new song, Like You, you know, it is a little bit of a... It's a love song. It's a party song. It's all. It's all of that. You know. It's about those. Yeah. I, feel, mm. I feel like it's one of those anthems that you can really enjoy with someone, and the, and the, that feeling that someone gives you when you meet them, and and it's just things are popping off. You yeah. Know? No, you're right. But can we just go back for a second to Alex? Please. That noise that he just made. That oh, <laughs> <laughs> you can't fake that noise. <laughs> He'll give one of his lines of his poem if you give one of your lines for your from your eleven year old. There's zero no. chance. Zero <laughs> chance. <laughs> it, it was about love, but his love for the streets and for exactly yeah, getting in the trouble for that 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 hood life. Bro. That's it. A, well, it's an eleven-year-old white kid from suburban Melbourne. Well, it's interesting <laughs> thinking about this sort of development because I remember that. Long story short, your first album was one of the first CDs I ever got, like as part of being in radio, and I pumped that a lot. Man, but how do you yep. see your development over with six albums now? I'm assume this could be potentially part of a seventh, like you are uh, coming up. How do yes. you see your progression from that those days in Long Story Short and Pictures was massive, going through It Can Wait and stuff, and then Tightrope coming out, and now this massive banger coming out. How, tell us about the early progression. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember the first time I went into Triple J to do the like a version was with um, I was with you, wasn't it? You were filling in at the time. It was I your was first one? Yeah. Yep. Long way back. Um, you would have seen my knees a-knocking uh, <laughs> with nerves back then. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the only times I went into the studio without a hat until recently as well. I was like shockingly bowl cut. Oh, anyway, we don't need to get into it. Um, the progression. <laughs> the progression is this is going to be part of the seventh album, man. And, um, yeah, you know, like I think I've definitely just gotten better as a songwriter. I've gotten more confident in taking risks. Um you know, at that time I was, even though my stuff has, you know, I'm, I'd say it's known as fairly mainstream or like quite commercially accessible, whatever word you want to use for it, I had at that time existed purely as an underground artist coming up in the Australian hip hop scene. And, um, you know, it was just kind of figuring it out. And over the years, I'm thankful that people have cared enough and we've sort of put in the work enough to maintain a career to the point that you can get better and have new experiences and try new stuff. Um, this new album is like an extension of that. There'll still be rap on it, but I don't just listen to rap music, man. And, and I've always sort of taken inspiration, even going back to Tupac and Biggie as an 11 year old, I've always taken inspiration from what I'm listening to. And, um, and I think that's showing more and more on these albums as I become more comfortable trying to do different things, you know? And so I think it's going to be good and we'll see. So then stepping out of it musically, how do you challenge yourself lyrically? What, what, what are you sort of, what parts do you feel like you're exposing yourself uh, of yourself at the moment, not just in this song, but in the upcoming possible, you know, seventh album? Yeah, for sure, man. That's, that's definitely like a thing. Like, you know, you, you, you have to find a way to make it interesting for yourself and also for the people who are listening. You can't repeat yourself. I mean, dude, on my third album, I had a track called Heard It All, which was saying, please forgive me if it all sounds so familiar. Yeah. That was, that was, I've had a longer career after that than before that. So, like, 
<laughs> oh my god so it's um it's yeah it's it's not easy all the time bro but i like i said i think as as i've gotten better as a songwriter and and um more confident with that sort of stuff you can you can do things in a new way and you know you keep having life experiences man i mean um matt i know you've had like you've got is it one kid or two kids now like you're you're, you're, kid now. you're entering a different part of life it's like yeah, you always find out, like, there's always stuff happening, new things to write about. And as long as you still have the passion to be, still have the motivation to do the shit, you know, you're going to, um, you're always going to have some stuff to talk about. So, so then what scares you when it comes, you know, as being an artist now, when, when, when you think about looking forward in the future and the challenges, what, what do you kind of get? I mean, it could be lyrically, but in the challenges that you want to set yourself. I mean, honestly, yeah. Coming out of COVID, and it's such a cliche answer, but coming out of COVID, man, I just, my main thing is, um, you know, I feel like everyone's lost a bit of ground. I feel bad for the new artists that are coming up who maybe lost their breakout year. But as an artist that's been around for a long time, you kind of, I feel like I've got, there's a, there's a level that I have to kind of prove to people again. And um, so I think making up for the lost time of COVID is a big thing to me, getting back out on the road because I think we've been affected when I say we, me and my band have been affected more than most because so much of our, our act is based on live shows. And so when we haven't been able to do that, I think people kind of forget um, how important live shows are. And when you're really good at that and that's one of your strongest draws, you kind of get affected more than others. So the main thing for me the next year is going to be putting out this music and then, you know, touring the ass off it and, and just getting back in people's faces and like, yo, we're, we're here. The music's great, and our live shows are great, and you should get around it like it was 2019 all over again. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, if like you is anything to go by, it's looking like a mint seventh album from Illy on the way. Um, any big names? I mean, you always happen to have a sweet collab whenever something comes out. I mean, G Flip recently going back to Paper Cuts and Vera yep. Blue and that kind of thing. Any um any names or hints yep. you can give us of people that you might have. Jump, no, I, uh, can't, on. I can't, bro. There's a few in the works, but nothing's agreed yet. And I've learned in the past when you say <laughs> shit and it's not agreed and it falls apart, you look like a dickhead. So <laughs> yeah. <I'm> not- <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, look, we so can't wait to keep hear Keep an it. ear out for yeah. Illy and Dua Lipa uh, coming up uh, on the seventh <laughs> album. <laughs> All right. Well, look, we won't, I'll we just won't manifest for you, bro. We're very excited uh, that there's music in the works, Legends. that we're going to get some more new music like the latest song, Like You, which is out now. Thank you again, Illy, for joining us as always. And uh, yeah, we can't wait to see what's next. We'll catch you soon. Hell yeah, guys. Thanks. Well, Matt, when we head towards the end of a very, very big week and we're about getting ready to do a big shop on Monday, we kind of use up a few of the Asian greens, a little jar of pickles. The half cauliflower yep. that you promised you were going to make a soup out of. <laughs> exactly right. Well, we dig into the leftovers on a Friday and uh, we like to see all the correspondence that we missed over the course of the week. We love getting your messages at matt.n.alex on Instagram or mattandalex.com.au. And 
here's just a little sample of what we missed out on. Yeah, Ryle uh, on the subject of filling up your car uh, with petrol in Clickfish earlier in the week. How do you guys not know that the petrol person inside is the one that allows the fuel to come through? It triggers an alarm that there's someone at the pump and they allow it to flow. If you look dodgy, then they can make you come in and prepay before you pump. Well, I've never, I honestly have never known that. And after we chatted about it, you know, I, 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 it happened to me. It was so clear as day because I was, I, I pressed the pump and it just took forever. And then I looked in to the person behind the counter and suddenly they, I was like, come on, press it, press it. And I realized it to make total sense. Hayden says, I was wondering for the suggested sounds between segments to have a bit of Nigel Thornbury saying smashing followed by smashing avo and toast. Um, now, look, I'm not across Nigel Thornbury. You're you're more across him, aren't you, Alex? You, you never watched the li- the the Wild Thornbreeze? No, I never. Is it a? For some reason, I feel like it's a cartoon that looks like the Rugrats. It is a little bit, yeah. Nigel Thornbury's the dad who wears his you know khaki out into the wilderness and got red hair and a big nose, and he goes smashing. That was smashing. I also loved his game where they jump over a stick, and he goes, "We used to call it jumping over a stick." <laughs> Anyway. All right, I'm going to assume that that was really funny. I just can't, oh, I don't know. It's no context. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've also got a message here from Catherine who caught some uh, audio from one of my stand-up shows. Matt O'Keane. Wait, was that here for Sydney Fridge recently? Yes. <laughs> what the hell? I'm pretty sure I know who was doing the announcements. Matt O'Keen. 18 years I've been in the game and no, the person yell call my name out still doesn't know how to pronounce it. It's is... understandable when people are so keen to see Matt O'Kine that, um, yeah, that, that word would slip into the mix. So that's totally fine. Uh, we've also got Jackson who got in touch talking about, we wondered how Adidas got its name and uh, this is what Jackson has to say. Did a school project on Adidas. The name comes from the founder. His name was Adolf Dassler. Addy for short, so he just went Addy Das. Had the uh, business with his brother, and then they had a bit of a feud, and his brother actually went on and started Puma. That's right. Ooh, I remember yes. that, the two brothers. One of the f- most famous sibling rivalries that you could possibly come across. And i got to tell you, I, um, I have a side. I've chosen my side. Have you chosen yours? Of the, of the brothers? Yeah, well, let's just say the track pants that I'm currently wearing... Have a uh, a wild cat on them. <laughs> okay, so I know who I'd choose if I had to sit at whose table at a Christmas gathering. We've got a call now. Um, let's cross to Jess, who we actually talked about recently. This was so mind-blowing. G'day, Jess. Hi, how are you? Really well, thank you. Particularly excited to talk to you because we read out one of your messages during our When As A Kid Saved The Day talk back and it was absolutely incredible. You had a brother who, after a car accident, flagged down help. Can you please fill us in on this incredible story? <laughs> yes. So um, when I when he was about five, we had the big Land Cruiser, the eight-seater with everyone in it, driving up to Melbourne. Um, we were going over a windy road and there was some oil spilled on the road. <gasps> the car spun out and flipped down the embankment a few times, rolled down about 150 metres. Oh, Can you? God. I guess you can't remember what it, what it was like. Can you remember? I remember like my baby born falling out of the car and like breaking. That was pretty <sighs> devastating as a three-year-old. <laughs> um, I was in a car seat, so I was trapped upside down. Oh, my, my God. <laughs> um, and so the car landed upside down. 
pretty crushed up. Um, my brother broke his seatbelt and then broke his window. And he was five and he had some head injuries, but he climbed up the embankment, scurried up there, and then waved down help. And we got some helicopters in and some vans and closed down the road for about five hours while they got us all out of the car. Wow. So your parents, were they unable to to do that themselves? Were they knocked out? Like what what happened? <laughs> so in the car, there was my mum. She was trapped under the steering wheel and knocked out. There was my pa. He was unconscious at the time. My nan was too frail. And then my sister and myself. And I was the youngest. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Just <laughs> incredible. And so is everyone okay from the crash? Everyone like- was totally okay. Um, ironically, my brother was the most injured. He spent the most time in hospital. Um, but we were wow. all, everyone came out pretty much scratch-free, like a broken bone here or there, but no no massive injuries at all. Everyone was in hospital just overnight. And then, yeah, that was about it. And just out of interest, how often did your brother bring this up when you were growing up? Oh, all the time. Because he got like the um, the medal from the ambulance, the medal from the government. Like he brings oh it up my. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I just claim that I was stuck upside down, so it's not my fault. Yeah, you would have. <laughs> you would have balanced out the car in some way to stop it from exactly. rolling too far. I mean, mm. you were definitely playing your part, Jess. Exactly. So glad everyone turned out okay. And uh, congrats again to your brother for, um, for yeah, <laughs> being able to flag someone down. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast as well, Jess, and giving us your time. No we'll catch you later. Thanks, guys. Bye. And thank you for listening to a big, big week of All Day Breakfast. Oh, what a pleasure it's been hanging out with you. We're going to be back again, same time, same place next week. So please join us. And in the meantime, if you've got any stories that pop into your head over the next couple of days, then get in touch with us at matt.and.alex on Instagram or mattandalex.com.au. Have a really great weekend. We'll catch you soon. Bye-bye. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex.